that song gives you a clue as to what this week's episode is about. As you know, we always have a collection. The first episode in each collection is with us. The second episode is someone from our tribe. And the third episode is someone from the community, culture, expert, expert, whatever you want to call it. And so, we again are in collection one, City Girls, you know. And We're I'm Sahakshan. I'm Sahakshan Patep. And I'm Nadia Sasso. And this time from our tribe, we're going to feature our mothers, hence the song. Right, right. Because I feel like our moms know us best. Yes. Even though we try to get away with a little sneaky sneak. Nah. Like, our parents definitely know us. And this, it was so important to have, like, our moms on Speakerbox podcast. Right. So, welcome to episode two. Two. And it's just so important that you guys know us. So, this collection is known, getting to know us as city girls. Mm -hmm. I'm from the DMV. Nadia here speaking. I'm from Brooklyn. From Sahakshi, I'm here speaking. Yes. And so, if how... What better way to get to know us than through our moms? Mm -hmm. So, and this song, this song, you know, when we think about, okay, we always play something from our speaker box. Uh -huh. What song? I just remember every event, every wedding being from West Africa, oh, Sierra wow. Leone, they play this song, whether it's a tribute song, Dancing with Your Mother, and it's basically just saying how sweet your mother is. You'll never forget her and you'll do anything to make her proud, happy, and to never cry. Yeah. I mean, I've heard this song before. It's not a staple in Caribbean culture, but I definitely heard this song. So I feel like it's universal. Right, yes. yes. <laughs> I think because you wouldn't even put a little African little beat on it. And yeah. the song is by Prince Anigo. Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure where he's from, but you guys will let us know, I'm sure. So do you know, like, the the vibe of it? Like, what the language, the, no. the accent? You can't pinpoint no. it. I would say one thing about actually trying to tell people, black people and African people from all over, mm -hmm. is one thing that can unite us, whether we know what they're saying or not, is music. <laughs> And it don't matter. We will figure it out. Like, yeah, yeah. We know what he's saying. We don't know where he's from, but we right. know what he's saying. We know what he's talking about, and he's honoring mothers, and that's what we're here to do today. So, without further ado, yes, let's get started. We're going to introduce you guys to our mothers. Hey, hey, where we get it from? And they're going to be on Zoom. Yeah, because we can't. Obviously, it's COVID. We right. can't be in the same place. So, welcome our moms to the Zoom internet world. Yes, where there's no borders <laughs> and no color. Are you excited? Hi, ladies. Yeah, I am. Very excited. Okay. So we like our first collection. We were talking about growing up in the city. Yeah. And we kind of got into all the little troubles and things about growing up in the city. <laughs> so we just wanted to bring our moms on, so like our or everybody can get to know us from our perspective, and then get to know us from um, your perspective. Exactly. So, um, one, let's let's start with my mom, Mama Listra. Um, can you tell us a little bit of how you got to the city? Because they already know we're first generation American. So, we just want to get a little bit of your background. Right. So, you're first and second generation American. So, uh, yeah. So, I was, I was born, uh, her dad is from Virginia. Uh, so, she's. On my side, she's first generation uh, American. Okay, uh, I was born in Trinidad, and I came here when I was sixteen. Went right into high school. Um, I had uh, eight brothers and sisters. I came from a large family, which is really nice thing to, to have a large family. So she grew up with a lot of aunts and uncles and a lot of first cousins, you know, throughout her life. So she has a very 
good, I, I'm thinking she had a very good foundation uh, as a family, in a family. Oh, wow. So what took you to New York? Before we go, let's see you on Can you plug this in? Well, we came to Wait, New one York. Second, one second, Mom. One second. Sorry, we're going to plug in the computer real quick. Okay. And we're ready. So. Oh, I was just going to say, can you tell us a little bit more about how you got to New York, why New York, and yes. Uh, well, we came to New York. My mom, uh, my brother, one of my brothers and sister came to New York with my mom. I came a few months later. Uh, this is where we landed first. Now, I've lived in Virginia. I've lived other places, but this is, this is New York is always home for, for me, as well as my kids. All right. So, from Mama Sia, how did you transition to the DMV area? Well, I came. Um, Nadia is also first generation American, and I came to this country when I was um, eleven years old. We, um, my parents lived in the DMV area in Washington D.C., so that's where we've been since we came and um this is my first time moving out of the metropolitan area you scared <laughs> yes very scared <laughs> and i also i i also raised my kids in in, in the dc area so dc is home for us so i have a question because i noticed that you have like an accent right and my mom doesn't have an accent. So can you guys talk about your the reason why once you came to the city, whether you kept your accent or you transitioned out of your accent? I think for me, I kept my accent because I also spoke spoke the um the language, which I spoke to the kids, to my kids, so they understand it. So um, continue speaking the language from home. It is um it, it allows you to keep your um I think your um your accent which I love. Mm -hmm. Also, would you say that and your siblings don't have as much of an accent? So what what would you you know what would you attribute to that or how are you able to maintain it? Because I know you also don't speak you only speak English to your mom and dad. Well. I, yes, I, sp I only speak English to my parents because that's what we're used to. Because when I when we came to when I came to this country, we, they were speaking English to us. It was wow. when I it was when I started having friends outside the family realm, like you guys. Um, they grew up with with first cousins and lots of aunts and uncles, so we're always around family. So they they're very um, family oriented. But um, my siblings didn't um, grasp the the culture the culture as much as I did. Mm -hmm. I I made sure that my that I was um, I stayed in the culture and made sure that, that my girls also was raised in the culture. But my my siblings. Once they, be, they they I think once they became teenagers, just 
became more American than than uh-huh. than, than than with the culture. Oh, so basically, like you chose to like maybe hold on a little bit more with the culture, whereas you're simply just saying, "I just want to assimilate into city life." Yes. Mm-hmm. What about you, mom? Well, um. Well, the way it worked out was that I was with my mom by myself for quite a while. So my friends were all high school friends. And because she wasn't home, like she would do, she would work outside of the home and come home on the weekends. All I had was my high school friends, you know, because my sisters weren't here yet. My brothers weren't here yet. And the two that was here, one was in the Navy and one was working in Boston. So it was just me and my mom. And that was my interaction. So it's easy for a teenager to uh, begin to lose the traditional um, way of talking and mannerism because that's all you had was your friends, your high school friends. Mm-hmm. That was that happened for a while. Then I left and I went to college. I went to Norfolk State University. So that kind of like put me in a whole different environment. So it's, more like acclimating to the environment that you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what happened. That's my story. That's how that happened. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't outside pressure, you don't think? It wasn't like outside influence of being in America. It was just your own, just both of you guys being coming at 11 and 17, just a natural navigating. Right, 16, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think because I came, I came at a younger age. My parents um, influenced me more because my my parents were very strict mm-hmm. when when I came. So we we weren't allowed to um, integrate as much as we as we wanted to. We were more into the the, the we couldn't go out with with American friends. We had to stay with our cousins it all the time. <laughs> I think I got my first American friend when, when I got into high school. Wow. And, and even that was a battle. Wow. Because your parents were straight. So that's yeah. that you're a little looser with Nadia? Yeah, she uh-huh. <laughs> No. Like, I remember homecoming. I was like, I want to go to homecoming. My dad was like, what are you talking about? You're already home. <laughs> Where are you going? <laughs> And my mom's like, no, they need to go to homecoming. Like, I didn't get to enjoy those things. I want my kids to get to enjoy those things. Mm-hmm. And so it was like one parent, um, it was like my dad was like my grandparents, what she's describing. Uh-huh. And my mom, I guess from her experiences, was like, no, you can't do that. Was that like, so that was intentional. Like, you intentionally was like, I'm going to have, okay, mama. Okay. Yes. So you were like the rebellious one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you feel about Nadia now? She is like kind of rebellious, but she kind of learned her stuff from the, being from the DMV. So how do you feel about that? Oh, um, I'm, I'm very proud of her, of her accomplishments, because she, she went further than I did. So I'm very, very, very proud of her for that. Oh, that was the next question we were going to ask you. What was... Our moms, like, what was what they most proud about? Yeah. I'm, I'm most proud of her, like I said, her accomplishments. Mm-hmm. And um, those are things that I, I wasn't able to do. 
So I'm glad that she did, and and I try to to support her in any way as possible, mm -hmm. so she can show that she can accomplish those everything that she wanted to. And I was behind her 100. percent I hope I was. Thank you. Can you hear that, Nadia? Yeah, she was. <laughs> we'll get into that. <laughs> and what about you, Mama Lestra? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I'm just part of the person you have become. Uh, you know, it's. Um, I know you've done a lot, but I know there's a whole lot more you're going to do. But it's your personality. I mean, I, I'm sure Nadia could just. She has exactly. a personality. She has a personality. You know? I'm so proud of that, that she's been able, and she's been like that all her life. Her life. She's, been, she's been straight up Shaki all her life. So You guys really have to describe yes. how personalities for, the, for everyone to know. Yeah. So who wants to go first? <laughs> so what did you see at a younger age that you still see today? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, can you repeat that? What did you see in us at a younger age that you still see today? Like what quality? Like what quality? Uh, qualities? Her independence, her, her will, you know, her fearlessness. He's always been like that. And I'll, I'll tell you a little story. When she was going into college first year, we as a family, because we, we all know her, we said, you know, we need her to go out in the world and, you know, just be away from home, right? Because she's very attached to me. So we sent her to Lincoln University. She didn't want to go, but she said we sent her there anyway. To get there, you have to get on trains and buses and get rides to the bus and all that. She would find her way home. Every, almost every weekend, she'll find her way home to the point that we had to take her out of that school and bring her back to New York. That's how determined she was. She was like, I don't want to be here. School was right next to KKK town. So I was like, I'm, I'm not made for this. I'm not made for living in a little ditch next to the KKK headquarters. So I found my way home. So I think I was in the same similar town. <laughs> there was still a horse and buggy. And I think he was scared, but when he would talk to me, he was like, yeah, you can't come back. Mm. He was like, you can't come back. You got to figure it out. You got to get uncomfortable. You have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm. And then, yeah, I think that forced me to, like, I had to create the environment I wanted to be in. But, yeah, he was like, no. Because if you come back, you're never leaving. Right. So, right. Yeah. What about you, Mama Sia? That's true. What was the question again? Oh, what qualities or what personality traits did we have when we were younger that you still see today? Oh, wow. Your strive. You've, you've always had that, that, that strong drive to, to get where you want to. And she, she always had, who says a little bit of stubbornness, like her dad? <laughs> he might listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I tell him that all the time, so he won't be surprised. <laughs> So but her, I, well, her, I her, her, know. her driver and her, determin her determination was was that she still has since she was two years old. Oh, wow. So you're not surprised at anything she accomplished because you already knew it was going to happen. Yeah. So I, 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 know. Just needed to, I just needed to be there and, and give, give her the support she needed. Oh, yeah. That's a good thing. Yeah. That's a good 
Um, so I want to know, like, you both have raised four kids in the city, right? What would you say is some gems that you guys can give other parents that are raising kids in the city um, on how to do it? Because it's not an easy job, especially if you're from the inner city. It's not an easy job. Um, what I did, because everybody does does it differently, but what I did to, to, to keep track was communication, open communication with them. And um, just try to, to make sure I know where they are at all times. <laughs> that was... <laughs> <laughs> When when I, I'll tell you still when the when the phones came out, they used to want to play tricks on me. <laughs> they, would, they, would, they would tell me, "Oh, I'm going to this person's house," which their dad never wanted them to. But I will I will hide and, and let them go, just because I wanted them to have that interaction with their friends. And so they would tell me, "Well, I'm over at this person's house," and and they I'll say, "Okay." So then they will go, and then they don't know behind them. I'll call the parents and and talk to them, make sure that they that they are there, mm -hmm. but they didn't know that I did that. Mm -hmm. I'm sure they found out later. <laughs> yeah, we found out. That's also something about leaving our cell phones at home. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, um, like I said, open communication, open communication, and listening, listening to them to see where their head is and and try to find out where their friends head are. Mm -hmm. And and I also we also make sure we know who who the parents are mm -hmm. that they're going to. Mm -hmm. and, and that was one week we, we that we kept it all together. Right. Communication is a key thing. Mm -hmm. So yeah. what about you mom? What is some what is one gem that you can give other parents? Um, because New York City, I think New York City is a little bit more different than, than the D.C. area, so my thing was to keep them close, to keep my kids close, because there's, there's a lot of, around the time that we're young, there's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of, you know, gangs and all that stuff, so my thing was always making sure that I keep them close, know where they were, if they weren't with me, they were with their grandmother, Right, where they came together on the weekends with their cousins and and aunts and uncles. In addition, that I kept them busy. I kept them mm -hmm. dance and music and all arts program. You know, all of these things. I kept them busy. So while, while I had to work, I knew where they were. I always had to know where they were. Exactly. Yeah, I always had to know where they were. Same. It's the same with me. I kept them really busy. Yeah. And I guess that is a survival tactic because, yes. like, being from the inner city, you can easily fall into gangs or yeah. oh, yes. things because it's like you're bored. Of I, I know for us, we didn't grow up watching TV. Mm -hmm. So, like, my mom. <laughs> exactly. The first time they got a TV, they had to buy it themselves. We all watched the same TV. I refused. Yeah. They did not have a TV in their room. It was one same, TV. Same here. Yeah. And they all had to watch TV with me, so I knew what they were watching on TV. I 
I mean, she didn't really let us listen to the radio. Everything was strictly censored, like in, um, in the household. So it wasn't doesn't mean like we, you know, we had cousins, so we knew a little bit what's going on over in the world. But like I know for us, it was just not happening. Like I remember, like the, I knew my mother liked Denzel, and that was the only thing he would let us watch was like anything <laughs> with Denzel Washington. <laughs> <laughs> like and that was like years later, like years, like maybe twelve. <laughs> no, we had music. Remember, weekends was full of music. That's how we yeah. Not much TV. So to this day, uh, it's crazy. We're in entertainment and we, we play content, yeah. and we don't watch. TV. We don't really watch yeah, TV. So watch TV. I think that has carried out even as adults. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, or even having TVs in room. The room. Oh no! Yeah, that was never a thing. And, no. everyone, and everyone, the computers came out the same thing. We we had the computer in the living room where yeah. where everybody can see you. Yeah. <laughs> that was so true. No, so you were not getting on like Black Planet and MySpace because everyone could see what you were doing. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like you were being yeah. monitored. I think mom mom had her computer in her bedroom. That was it. That was <laughs> Until we like it was a plain, plain sight. Yeah. If we if we wanted a computer, we had to buy it ourselves. Like and like learn early on how to get money for ourselves. Um. So we're gonna just play a little game with our moms. Um. Called Does Mama Really Know Best? Okay. (laughs) So any one of you guys can answer these questions. Let's start with this one. Okay. Um. What city girl quality you possess that you wish your daughter had? Take your time, no rush. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I think everything that I, she's just so. We can hear you, mama. Go ahead, we can hear you. Uh, you, you know, just like the extra me, you know, <laughs> in terms of openness, in terms of travel, in terms of all that, everything I have, I think you already have. So I don't know if there's anything that I would like to see you do that you're not already doing. Okay, right. No, I think I, I, yeah, I think the same here. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't see there's anything. So what I think I think she's even surpassed what I what what, what I, I I've imagined. So what is like? Let's take you guys back though. Like, yeah. what is an iconic before the kids, before the husbands and the yeah. marriage and the job and the what the career? Can you guys go back to like an epic city girl moment in your life? Maybe that was twenty five. Maybe that was twenty one. What was something that you were like? This is a memory that sticks out to me. That makes me the, the best. best. DC girl, the best girl from New York. Yeah. Um, partying, hanging out with my kids. It's a party for me. Yeah. Right. Partying, out at the clubs. They were called discos back then. Yeah. Yes, yes, I remember the discos. Oh, gosh, look at those. I remember the clubs every weekend. Uh huh. I think you guys might have even met because I know you used to travel to New York. I'm just yes, all the time. Yeah, they party in me. You haven't went to New York to party, so then you never know. Yeah, we did New York. New York and DC was was like a like a next door thing. Oh wow! <laughs> oh, 
Wow. Because we had friends in New York, and, and so we, we just went back and forth. Right, right. So you do, yeah, that's, yeah, like, standout moment. It's just, like, the freedom. Yeah, yeah. Freedom. Hanging out with your friends, going ice skating, all that stuff. That's, that's what I did before my kids came. Ice skating? You ice said? skating. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Mommy, let me do park. <laughs> well, my parents were so strict. We didn't do any of those things until... <laughs> I think until my last year in high school, and then that's when I started doing the clubs and the partying and, and that. I had to go to my aunt's house and stay there for the weekend so I can do those things. Oh, wow. Oh, so you were finessing your parents. Yeah, so we had, so I had an aunt that, that I would go to her house every weekend. And she would let us go to parties and do things that we wanted to do. What? With supervision, but it's like freedom nonetheless. Your mom has like a strict, strict thing, and it's like so weird that you're so free. Well, I don't know if I was free. Oh, I was not free. No, <laughs> that, that was a battle with her father. No, we did not get along. We, no, that was I was far from free. The only time I was free is if my mom could maneuver, if we could craft. Something. Yes, I had to maneuver all the time. <laughs> Yeah, we had it. So we became teammates, if anything. Oh, wow. Yes. Rather than, uh, yes. No, but then my sister would always mess it up. She would get mad. Yeah. Like, well, last time mommy let us. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah. Or, you know, she would get called with a phone or something where we're not supposed to have phones. Mm. Yeah, but no, we were far from, it was all about your grades. Like, what do you need a social life for? You can come out and hang, hang up at, hang out at home mm. with your siblings. And then, of course, culturally, girls, you know, they're just so afraid. Oh, yeah. Uh, my dad, I think, watched way too many movies. I don't know what it was. I remember I wanted to be a cheerleader. And he said no, because cheerleaders are hoes. Oh, no. <laughs> but that was because as an immigrant, you know, I think Arab and African, he watched the movies, and, you know, the cheerleaders are always the popular girls. Oh, they yeah. the football players. And they want to have the boyfriends or the cool kids. And I don't know, I think he's got all these memories in his head from TV and pop culture. He was like, no, don't bring it up again. Um, so what is one thing that I got away with that you, I think that I got away with, but you really know? Right. Okay. So one thing that you thought you got away with was when you were in college, just first year in college. Actually, you were, it was the end of the first year because you had already left Lincoln and was at uh, Stony Brook and you went to visit, you got on the bus and went to Virginia to visit your friend. I'm sorry, your sister down there, Laila, and came back and did not tell me, but your sisters told me. <laughs> I probably was doing that a lot. I mean, I found out you would, after that point, you were just doing it a lot. You would just hop on the bus and go down to Virginia to visit a sister. Right. But the first time you did not tell me. I'm, it's probably true. It wasn't being sneaky. It was like, I know, like, whatever. I, one thing about me is, I know I'm very aware of, like, if I'm going to get myself in trouble or not. Yeah. So I already know, yeah. like, wherever I'm going, I'm going to be good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Again, I'm not repeating the same mistakes, right? She yeah. Me, no. You're supposed to tell your mom. True. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what? <laughs> what did I didn't say? I say everything. <laughs> 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 
just say that part. That part. <laughs> I think I'm <laughs> so we want to know because does our moms really know what we actually do? Yeah. So what is our job description? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I know you're in production. That's all I know. That's all I know. (laughs) (laughs) In production, that you're working on a movie, and you're doing this. There's so many things I can't. I can't put my finger on it. (laughs) How many things do I do? That I mean, that don't sound so good. No, it's like you. You're always doing something. If something doesn't work, you jump. You jump. You don't wallow in it. You jump, jump to the next thing. So I, I have to catch up. <laughs> <laughs> I always have to play catch up. Right. Okay. That's fair. I think that's a city girl trait. Yeah. Right, though, having multiple yeah. revenues, income, yeah. being able to. Yes. That's what you talk about. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We've always we always have something on on the corner. <laughs> so, so yeah so like we have a bonus question yes and this is very very important and you guys must answer this question honestly is it true that parents have a favorite child no <laughs> everybody think you are my favorite i don't I don't. I think my oldest is the favorite. But everybody, everybody, your sisters think that way. Your family members think that way. My friends think that way. Mm -hmm. Just to be clear, everybody thinks that way. But it's your personality and how we get along, I think, causes more interaction between us, right, than, than the other kids. It's not that you're favorite. It's about your personality. Like you would say something and you could hurt somebody's feeling and have, and it's no big thing because you don't mean it in a bad way. You just tell people what it is and you keep it moving and you don't hold grudges. You know, so that's the personality I like about, I like that about you, that you don't, you know, other than me, (laughs) with me, but everybody else. You know, but I kind of think I pretty much I really think I'm I think she's right. It's, it's the personality, and also, and for me, it was always also the behavior of the of, of the other child. Um, we everybody thinks that Nadia is my favorite, also, and so did did her sister. But I think she didn't. Also, she didn't realize that she. Her sister caused so much problems, trouble at home that it it made it seem like Nadia was my favorite, which it wasn't. I don't think I had a favorite. It was just the the the, the problems that you give to the parent. It just makes you so difficult. Yes, very difficult to deal with. Because my sister, I feel like everybody else got a lot more attention. Mm-hmm. And so it was just like, oh, now he'll figure it out. Like she said, she had to play catch up because I'm already gone. Right, right, right. And it was like everybody else. She's like, well, I'm over here today. And I'm like, okay, just go ahead and be here. <laughs> right, right. It just sounds like, you know, our parents are just 
human. They have emotions yeah. and feelings. So it's kind of like um, whoever's giving them a good vibe. It's all about yeah. us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's the, yeah, and my thing growing up, I wanted to stay out the way. I was like, it's already hard enough or they're already trying to figure out a lot of different things. So I'm just going to kind of be in my own world and kind of just try not to be a problem. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I was too much of a problem because I was too independent. Well, I, so it's funny. I was independent, trying not to be much of a problem. I think for my mom, she could kind of like appreciate it. My dad did not like my independence mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. He found it to be very disrespectful. <laughs> I didn't have a filter. So for him, it was like, definitely, I would say my sister was his favorite because she was more like, hey, baby. And I was kind of like, what do you want? <laughs> what do you want a little bit? So, yeah. Yeah, it's just about, yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Depends on parents. Right, depends on, like, in the type of relationship you have. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what is, a, like, a little hustle? Like, I know growing up, my mom had to hustle in terms of getting us in, like, a good public school. She used to use my job address. Like, what is a little hustle that I that y'all still have? Like, that hustle that you can share that you still have? Mm-hmm. It's about doing well for my kids, making mm-hmm. sure in the right place, the right people around them, and all of that. You know, I there's, there's, I tell a story about my kids and the bus drivers. Like going to school, they had to walk and get on a bus and say good morning and leave and leave and say good evening when they left the bus. And wherever they were, when these bus drivers saw them, because I became friends with them because of that. They will tell, every time I get on the bus and one, I see one of them, they'll tell me, oh, I saw your daughter, you know, on that bus. So I picked her up here. They'll, they'll be telling all my daughters when I'm <laughs> making sure that I, I did all that to make sure that people will look out for them when I'm not around. Mm-hmm. I even have friends who were bus drivers from this day since they were in high school. Right. Kept an eye on them. I would say that that was a good quality that my mom did instill in us, like, being in a big city, personalize yourself because you can yeah. keep moving or whatever. So I took that and ran with it. Even whenever I would travel or go to another country, I always made sure to learn like a few words in each language yeah. and mm-hmm. communicate and like ask when I thought I would go to the market wherever I was staying, ask the person their name and like, and so whenever, I, even if I was staying there for four days and I'm going to this market, they would, I would know their name, they would familiarize themselves with me and that's like, and then they'll like hook you up, look out. Like those yeah. are just little Thing, you know. Yeah, I, w- I-, I could say the same. Mm-hmm. I remember even like if we went out to eat, my dad would say, we always have to ask the waitress their name and say, Miss or so-and-so, right. thank you, how are you? Like, he's like, you have to have, you don't know who that waitress is going to be tomorrow. Right. You don't know. Exactly. You're an angel. Mm-hmm. You don't, just because we're in a hotel or something doesn't mean you don't fix your bed and you don't tip and you don't acknowledge people. Right. Um, your teachers, you need to know your teachers because right. they're like your parents when you're at school. Right. You don't just speak when you want to, like you need to have a rapport. So, yeah, all those things I would say carry out. Just right. respect for people. And right. Time, yes. You know, and just building community because you just never know I just remember the common theme was you never know who's going to be who. You never know who's going to be there for you. You never know who's going to help you later on. Who's going to help you later on. Right. So just, you know, be kind and say thank you and acknowledge as many people as you can. Right. Right. Yeah. That's true. What about you, Mama? Yep. Yep. It's the same. It's it's, it's true. We, We taught them 
to look down on anybody. Always acknowledge everyone. If you go going by the hallway, the lady that's cleaning the hallway, say hello. Right. You don't. You never know. And I think that carried on with her when, on her travels. She'll meet the most interesting people, and that would help her. And she doesn't know those people, but because she was nice to them and speak spoke to them, they always looked out. Mm-hmm. And and they were total strangers. Yeah. So I'm I'm happy that she that she that she retained that. Right, and I think that's maybe like a cultural thing that both our parents. Yes. Have. Because like coming to America, the culture is very different. So I think that's a cultural thing yeah. that our parents have, and like maintaining your culture and in transition. Right. And yes. And getting to in, yeah. in a new environment. Um, raising kids, having families, getting out of your city girl party days, mm-hmm. you know, even though they were like short lived. <laughs> Very short lived. When we came, it was like I thought the storm. Yeah. Uh, but those are just the I, qualities that I think is cultural and that, like traditional and identity and all this stuff. And then I think it was definitely a balance of, you know, being an adult now, America is very individualistic. I think that there was a definitely a great balance of, well, I think even more, a little bit more, community and we over the I, right? Mm-hmm. And so now it's just figuring that out as we also grow and, you know, work out to be, you know, healthy and stuff like that. So how do you balance that? And I more so with self-care, right? right? I is only worrying about myself. Right, right. That's good. That's essentially what that is, you know. Well, thank you, Mom, yes. for like letting people know a little bit about us. Yeah, you know, like and like coming and joining on episode two. We really enjoyed this conversation. Yeah. We really enjoyed the inside tea. Yeah. Um, oh, I did have one more. I did want to ask you guys, like, what did you? What was your biggest fear of raising kids in a city like oh, DC and New York? And do you think you were, um, you know? Did you, do you think you were able to overcome it? Uh, my biggest fear, well, it's not so much a fear. Uh, raising four kids in New York City as a single parent uh, made me super sensitive to everything. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> when she was, infection was, what, three months? Her father was sick, and he died when she was a year, so it's like, Having that responsibility and know it was on me, I had to be, you know, extra vigilant to make sure that I carry on his job and my job and make sure that they stay safe and they, you know, I'm raising girls. So the fear, the, the concern of making sure I know where they are, how to protect them. I had my mom as support, but it was still the responsibility of raising my kids was on me. So it was a, always on my mind, you know, how do I keep them safe? I think the same goes for me. My biggest fear was them going down the wrong road with the drugs and because that was all around us all the time. The, oh, the drugs and the, the, not so much the gangs. I don't think we had so much gang problems that I knew of. <laughs> but but the, um, the drugs was there and I think that was my greatest fear was, was them going down that road. Well, look at us now. Yeah. We got college degrees. Yeah. Multiple. I'm just going to claim some of us. <laughs> and you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. you keep the loans. <laughs> uh, but yeah, 
Like you guys did a great job. Yeah, yeah, she did. Thank you, guys. Thank so you much for being vulnerable. Thank you. And thank you for joining. Oh, two beautiful young women. Oh, thank you. Yes. We need it from our mom. So thank you for joining us on another episode of Speaker Box Podcast. I None of this is ourselves. It takes the community, the community we talk about, mm -hmm. uh, friends, or relationships of people that we have to work with. Uh, you know, camera, everybody to our production manager, Ariel. There's just so many people that come together to make this work, mm -hmm. and we appreciate all of them. Yeah. So, yeah. Continue to support yes. us and have a blessed day. Yes. And when you look at us on YouTube, we put on our Sunday best for our parents. Yes. Yes, we do. <laughs> we look like it's Easter. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>